Welcome to Objective Health. Hello, everybody. I am your host, Tiffany, and joining me in our studio, we have Doug and Elliot. Hello, Hi, guys. Uh, hello. So today we're going to talk about the coronavirus. If you haven't heard about the coronavirus, then obviously you've been living under a rock for the what, last month or so. It's been working its way around the world and scaring the pants off of everybody. Mm-hmm. One thing that I noticed, though, just recently, I was watching some videos on coronavirus and on YouTube. And you type in coronavirus in the YouTube chat and you get this little pop up from the World Health Organization. And uh, it comes, let's see what it says. Um, whoops. Sorry, let me just put it in here. So when you put coronavirus into YouTube search box, you get coronavirus and then it has a link to the World Health Organization where you can get the latest information about the coronavirus here. Mm. So I was thinking about like, did they have this up when Ebola was out or Zika virus or any of the other viral scares that we seem to get every one or two years? No, I, well, I don't think so. I think that they, they've started doing that kind of thing recently. I've noticed that anytime an RT video, anytime I go to watch uh-huh. an RT video, there's a message underneath that says it's funded by the Russian government. Yeah. And I think that they've, you know, this is more of their ways of battling disinformation uh, yeah, but why would this one in particular? Well, I think because it's anything, to... it's anything that, that's kind of a contentious topic. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact of the but matter I've, is... I've there typed is... in Ebola and Zika and other viruses into the YouTube search box, and uh, coronavirus is the only virus that gets this special treatment. Yeah. So I just thought I wanted to... <laughs> point that out i think it's just because there's a lot of people freaking out about it right now yeah but i um, think part of it is also like um there's a lot of crackdown on free speech lately mm -hmm. and you know that if there's something that you can't criticize and you know that there's probably something more behind that and you should look a little bit closer (laughs) but at any rate we're going to talk about the coronavirus today yeah. I've heard it also referred to as the Kung Fu flu. I like to call it <laughs> the Wu-Tang virus myself. Wu-Tang <laughs> but apparently we're supposed to call it COVID-19 right now. Yeah. So That's that the is name. the coronavirus's new name. So I guess uh, if we're going to get into this, we should probably actually talk about what actually the coronavirus is. What's the symptoms? What do we have to be afraid of? I've heard alternately that it's like super contagious and then oh, it's no worse than a common cold. Yeah. Well, from what I understand, the symptoms are dry cough, fever, shortness of breath, nasal congestion, 
After a few days, uh, they tend to experience fatigue. After a day or so or more, they uh, may experience nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain, and loose stools. So mm -hmm. it sounds a whole lot like the flu. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I, I kind of can't blame YouTube for putting the, the, the Who page up because there is wildly varying information out there. Um, yeah. Some of it, you know, is, is very kind of measured and seems kind of like, okay, nobody freak out. This isn't really that big a deal. And people keep on comparing it to like the number of deaths you see from the flu every year versus what you're seeing from coronavirus. And on the other hand, you have people talking about, no, this is actually really bad. It's much more um, virulent than people are letting on. The numbers are not reflective of what is actually happening. And um, so it's really, it's hard, to, it's hard to know exactly what's going on and how, how much we really should be freaking out about this. Well, mm -hmm. I guess you can say you shouldn't really be freaking out about it. Because yeah. uh, generally, if you're not living in China, the numbers are not that high. Um, just some off the top of my head. I just had a, a Al Jazeera article up. Damien, maybe you could pull that up. But um, the numbers are like the, the highest outside of China, I think, is Japan. Mm -hmm. um, if you include the cruise ship, the Diamond Princess, that is docked there at the moment, uh, because they have apparently 355 cases on board. Uh, mainland mm. Japan has about 57 cases. Singapore has got 75. South Korea, 29. Uh, and then China has 68,567. And worldwide, yeah. I believe the total number of deaths have been, the last numbers I heard were 1,665 deaths. Yeah. Yeah. The other side I'm looking at has uh, 1,666 deaths. Ooh. Oh, one died Spooky. since I got my numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it seems like um, for the most part, it's it's Asian countries that are, um, mm -hmm. and it makes sense. I mean, if, the, if, it's, if it's all centered in China, then their neighbors are going to be the ones that have kind of the most there's a couple of Western countries. Canada has eight. Germany has 16. France, 12. Uh, mm -hmm. The U.S. has 15. Vietnam, well, Vietnam is Asian, but it has 16. So. And, uh, <clears throat> I mean, that's a, a pretty low percentage of total cases yielding death, causing mm -hmm. death, right? So mm -hmm. it's pretty low mortality rate, like all things considered. And... As per my understanding from a lot of the stuff, a, a lot of the information about the people who are generally dying from this, it, it, it's generally afflicting the elderly. So people with like pre-existing conditions, mm -hmm. um, they are more likely to die in a similar kind of way as the flu. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the, the people who die from the flu are generally people who've already got existing health conditions, low immunity, poor nutrition, maybe they're in nursing or care homes. It's generally the elderly kind of thing, right? And that's mm -hmm. not to say that all the people from the coronavirus are elderly, but actually it seems that the majority of the people who are dying from this are the same kind of population. They fall into the same demographic as the people who generally die every year from the flu, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like it has... Uh, like it's some killer virus that, you know, wipes out kind of 
90% of all people in facts. It's like no. the mortality is, is pretty meager. Yeah, and it's not yeah. wiping out people in the prime of their lives either. Exactly. It does have a higher mortality than the, than the flu, though. In general, I mean, if you look at the if you look at the the total numbers, like you know, the flu kills hundreds of thousands of people every year, and coronavirus has only like you know sixteen hundred uh, deaths so far or something. But mm-hmm. if you look at the percentages, coronavirus um, is at about two point two percent. That's the estimated mortality. Um, when you compare that to the flu, which is about zero point one to zero point two, so it does seem like it's killing more people. But it doesn't seem like it's as contagious, maybe. Um, certainly the well, total numbers aren't as high. Again, you have with the flu, you have to consider that uh, they've been massaging the numbers for flu deaths for years. Well, that's true, yeah. So you can't, I mean, who's to say what the real number of flu deaths? I think in the U.S. they say something like 30,000 or so a year, but... They lump flu deaths in with deaths from pneumonia or other mm-hmm. upper respiratory infections, so you can't really say for sure if it's the flu. Mm. And plus, the CDC is known for making up numbers out of whole cloth anyway. Yeah, so Totally. I mean, they want to sell vaccines, right? Yeah, the only yeah. reason I think that maybe the numbers for uh, the coronavirus might be a little bit more accurate, um, mm-hmm. although obviously there's other things coming into play there, but they don't have a vaccine. So... They're not necessarily trying to bump those numbers at this point. Well, another thing to consider, too, when you're speaking about accuracy is how are they confirming these cases of coronavirus? Are they actually doing lab tests? And then this lab test, are they actually identifying the viral particle or are they looking for some kind of uh, some kind of antibody response like they do with other kind of viral tests? So that's also makes me look at the numbers again kind of different like are, are they just diagnosing people based on symptoms which you know they've been known to do like in every virus scare that we seem to get every year or two not all of these people are confirmed with laboratory testing no no yeah there were, there were numerous um numerous testimonies of people on the ground in china i'm pretty certain uh, having having said that actually they don't have the resources to be able to um, test and, and fully diagnose everyone. And so actually, mm-hmm. if someone presents with the symptoms, they'll tell them, right, go home. You've probably got this. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah, go home yeah. and quarantine yourself. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, they have that. Is that a Japanese cruise ship? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if, has... it's Jap- if it's Japanese. It's, it's parked in Japan right now. I think okay. parked is not the real word for it. Docked. Yeah, so there are all these people basically are quarantined on a, a cruise ship. And how many cases of coronavirus do they have there 355. now? 355. Yeah, so I'm do they have, are they sending lab samples out to be tested someplace? Do they have the lab there on the ship. Like, are we 100% sure that all the people on this ship actually have coronavirus? It because could be food poisoning. Yeah, it could be norovirus mm. that always breaks out on cruise ships. So who knows? I look, I'm looking at this thing, yeah, kind of skeptically because there was the uh, the Ebola scare that came out a couple years ago. There was the Zika virus scare. 
There's SARS and MERS and coronavirus right now. So every, like they had the measles scare that shows up. So it seems like every couple of years or so, there's this new thing that we're supposed to be afraid of. So that's just one of the things that makes me suspicious that this is probably a nothing burger and will probably blow over. However, I'm not saying that I don't think that there's a possibility for a pandemic or something to break out, but I think that if it did, it could probably be blamed on the coronavirus, but really it's attributable to something else. Hmm. Like a different virus? Or no virus at all. (laughs) And it's just, uh, or, you know, like, Look through history, like say with the the polio virus Mm. uh, spread by poor sanitation. Um, You could say that about different illnesses that swept through certain populations throughout history. So say with polio, you had cases of wild caught polio. They went up for a while. Say you had some improvements in sanitation, then the number of cases went down, and then they introduced a vaccine, and then suddenly the number of polio cases increases again. (laughs) So (laughs) if you would apply this to coronavirus, say they introduce a vaccine after things kind of like naturally die down, the hype dies down, and the vaccine causes people to shed some other particles, and that is actually the source of a pandemic, not necessarily the wild coronavirus on its own. That's just my little conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's not totally, it's not an unfounded conspiracy because, I mean, mm-hmm. we were talking before but on the show about how there was a, um, what was it, uh, polio? The polio vaccine was responsible for more um, cases of polio than the wild virus. Mm-hmm. At this point, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, it's not—it's not that outside the realm of possibility. Mm. And we know, we know that giving a live vaccine often, as you just said, Tiff, but this seems to be the case for many of the vaccines mm-hmm. that actually it causes you to shed live virus, like the measles. Yeah, I mean, you could quite easily cause the spread of a, even if it's like just a minor version of it who knows mm-hmm. but actually you know you could quite easily contribute to it at least mm-hmm. well, well do we want to get into some of the other alternative theories about coronavirus yeah. that's where i was because apparently this is caused because people eat bat soup in certain chinese <laughs> markets <laughs> or there's been articles that have come out uh because of the the different foods that they have in these street markets like snakes bats whatever that people might eat there's some other slithery thing that they're trying to blame it on now um i guess we could apologize to the animals up front because it seems like whenever there's a virus throughout history they're always like blaming the snakes or blaming the green monkeys or the chickens or the mad cows or the rats or the fleas on the rats. So we can just apologize to the animals up front because they always seem to get blamed in these 
viral outbreaks. However, John Rappaport, he has a series of articles out where he explores the possibility that in Wuhan, where this broke out, that city is known for its monstrous levels of air pollution. And people have been complaining for years about it. People regularly wear face masks because the smog and that can be very, very bad there. People have been having respiratory stress, distress for a long time, and people were protesting. So John Rappaport's take on it is that the government is blaming a virus, notably the coronavirus, for something at, that is caused by the significant amount of air pollution in the city. I don't know if I buy it. Nah, me neither. I think but, that uh, you wouldn't have cases showing up in other countries where mm -hmm. they're actually confirming it, doing the testing, confirming that it's actually coronavirus if there was no virus, if it was all just right. air pollution. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Rappaport's take on a lot of things I, I agree with, but this one, I, I don't know. I think he's off base on this one. Yeah, it doesn't really account for the sudden onset of, of things as well, right? Right. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, this unless unless like there was some kind of nuclear radiation facility or some new chemical processing plant, which was like ultra toxic, which was which was just started just started running in the in the past couple of months, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, how, how could you differentiate between now and last year? You know, the, yeah. The, why now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at the effect of pollution on the body, it generally doesn't cause those symptoms, right? It might cause cancer, might cause mm -hmm. kind of autoimmunity. It could make people sick, but generally, it's not going to happen all at once, right? Mm -hmm. There's, it's not going to be like a sudden onset. And like you said, Doug, it's like okay, we need to take all facts into consideration. Yeah, maybe it's been a little bit overblown. Maybe there's a lot of things that we don't know that's going on here. But at the same time, we, we can't just deny the uh, personal lab experience, the medical experience of, of kind of thousands of doctors all around the world who are all mm -hmm. seeing kind of the same thing. Unless they're all in on one big conspiracy and it's just a lie. Yeah. And it's just like, okay come on we need to kind of align with what is most likely true and it yeah. seems that actually when we factor all things considered doesn't really help to explain it yeah mm -hmm. i agree the other possibility and this was floated by um i believe it was a scientist from india um and actually damien maybe you can pull up that article it's called coronavirus came from meteorite which hit which hit china last year so yeah. this basic, uh, this guy um, has been kind of uh, studying this aspect for a long time. Um, the possibility, um, probability, in fact, of some viruses at least um, actually coming from meteorites. Um, because viruses apparently can survive space travel. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so and, and apparently it happens all the time that um, these viruses um, actually ride in on comets mm. or meteorites. Um, there's actually a, a really good article um, up on SOC called New Light on the Black Death, and it was basically looking at um, the possibility that the, um, the Black Death, the, um, the plague back in medieval times, actually came from space. Um, mm -hmm. And there's relatively good, I mean, you know, it's a theory, 
but uh, there's really relatively good evidence. It does seem to explain a lot of the factors that the idea that it was spread by rats doesn't really seem to cover. Um, mm. Now, one criticism of this guy's theory is that he's he's trying to pin it on one meteorite in particular that hit China last year. Um, and even his own model doesn't really account for that because what he mm -hmm. was saying is that, um, you know, in previous articles, um, he had stated that uh, what actually happens is they end up in the atmosphere um, and they can stay up there for years um, and they can mutate or they can combine or do whatever it is viruses do. And they don't necessarily get down to ground level and reach humans for years, decades, centuries even. So trying to pin it on a specific meteorite, it seems a little bit unlikely. Um, but nonetheless, it's not, uh, it's not it, as much as it sounds like science fiction, it, that it, there actually is a very real possibility that this is, this is actually where it came from. Yeah. And the point is made is because like highlighting that China generally tends to be for whatever reason, <clears throat> like the, uh, tends to be like a hub of these weird viruses, right? So there's been multiple mm -hmm. different ones, not so much Zika, but SARS, MERS, uh, what is it, hand, foot, and mouth. There's mm -hmm. been a couple of other ones as well, which were said to kind of originate in China, and they generally uh, point the finger on the fact that they eat a bunch of weird stuff, right? or stuff mm -hmm. that we don't, in, we don't eat in the West, kind of like bat soup and stuff. Whether they do actually eat that, whether that's just a couple of like the odd extremists. Yeah, extremist kind of thing. I mean, I don't know. There's, Racist. There's some Chinese people who say that like bat soup, you can't find it anywhere. And it's just like a really random thing. But that said, um, yeah, this idea that actually China, because it's essentially bordering on like the Himalayas, it's mm. north of the Himalayas that actually maybe because of the thinning atmosphere, I, I don't know much about kind of the geophysics or whatever, but apparently there's a thinner atmosphere around the the himalayas mm -hmm. and that might be one of the ways that it kind of is um is getting through yeah. but there's, there's also this idea as well i mean i was reading one theory it was talking about how actually these viruses potentially may have been you know say if they did come on some kind of a comet or a meteorite or something and then say this was a couple million years ago or 100 million years ago or, or whatever actually um depositing in the, in the glaciers as well right mm -hmm. they're completely froze over but then with things kind of the climate changing um as things are changing in different parts of the world you have some glaciers like melting and actually what that might be doing is unleashing some really kind of exotic cosmic virus which we have not actually come into contact with as a species perhaps for maybe our in entire evolutionary history kind of thing. And so there would be, you know, very little way to, to kind of effectively deal with that. But I, I don't know about that. Mm. It's an interesting concept kind of thing, but who knows? Yeah. Well, there's also... Well, how about the, uh, the bioweapons angle? Yeah, that's what I was going to say as well. James, uh, James Lyons-Wheeler... Uh, is a scientist. Um, and actually, maybe, Damien, you can pull up that ar article. It was called On the Origins of the 2019 NCOV Virus, Wuhan, China. Um, and it's actually a, it's a very good article. It is very technical and very scientific. I'm not going to pretend that I understood it all. But he actually goes through 
different scenarios and kind of talks about their their probability um whether you know which which ones are likely and he kind of talks about you know the wuhan market and the it coming from a the 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 important thing is actually that he's he's actually studying the genome of this thing he's actually looking at the genetic factors and um determining things uh you know when like what's most likely and what's not likely and he said that it the, the option one is that it's a natural coronavirus related to uh, bat coronavirus and not a recombined virus. And he said that this is a falsified hypothesis. So the idea that it came from bat soup or animals of some kind is falsified, not true. Uh-huh. The next possibility um, is that it's a recombined virus that naturally picked up a SARS-like spike protein in it. Um, etc etc technical talk um he says that that one is very unlikely uh for scientific reasons that (laughs) that i don't pretend to understand um he's what he does say is that a recombined virus made in a laboratory for the purpose of creating a bioweapon is a possibility um and he kind of brings in some of the evidence for that there was the scientist who was booted from canada um for sending viruses to china or something like that. You guys familiar with that story at all? It was like yeah, the female scientist, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And she's Chinese and was working in Canada at Canada's only level four um, lab in uh, Manitoba, Canada, um, and was uh, fired for violating protocols, allegedly sending samples of the deadly virus to mainland China. Um, there's also the fact that. Um, well, there, there's, this isn't really like necessarily a fact, but the, the whole, um, angle on this that I've seen is that people are saying that, you know, because there's this kind of economic war going on between the U S and, um, China, it, it's kind of like not out of the realm of possibility that they would maybe hit them with this to, uh, try and cripple them economically. Um, mm. And one of the things that kind of makes you just rub your chin a little bit on this is that it it kind of coincided with the celebration of the New Year, uh, the Chinese yeah. New Year, mm-hmm. when everybody's going to be traveling, um, going home to see their families. It's kind of like if you wanted to spread a virus very quickly in China, it's kind of the perfect time to do it. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of kind of circumstantial evidence on that. Um, well, wasn't there another article, uh, going back to the bioweapon angle, that there were similar genetic inserts on the coronavirus's RNA mm-hmm. that look like HIV? And that's one of the reasons why one of these scientists thought that it could have been a bioweapon, because there's no way in nature that that kind of... Uh, unique insertion would occur yeah the thing is i haven't heard anything else about that now yeah. either that's because it got hushed up very quickly um because it was indian scientists who discovered that and it was non-peer-reviewed a non-peer-reviewed mm-hmm. study so it got a lot of um flack for that reason and i haven't seen anything further on that and this scientist mm-hmm. um james lyons wheeler doesn't talk about that um, he actually talks about how there are SARS insertions in it. Um, okay. 
And his actual theory, his fourth theory, that bioweapons one he said is possible. Um, but his, his theory is actually what this is, is a vaccine that they were doing experimental vaccines, um, maybe even were doing human trials on it, um, mm-hmm. that basically had escaped. And mm-hmm. um, he's basically saying, you know, looking at the genome, looking at the insertions that are in there, it looks like it was probably some kind of coronavirus vaccine to, um, you know, try to protect, I probably against SARS, you know, mm-hmm. and um, what's happened is that they're, um, shedding now these people who were uh vaccinated by it are shedding the other possibility is that um this uh james lyons wheeler has said that um previous studies on trying to make a vaccine for sars or coronaviruses um when they do it in mice they tend to be more susceptible to wild virus after that and Mm -hmm. they tend to be like have no defense against it and die from it so Mm. He was basically saying that this this might be the possibility. It's kind of what he sees as being kind of the most likely um, possibility of where this thing originated from. Well, another thing that kind of makes all the conspiracy theorists like rub their palms together and cackle (laughs) is that, uh, was it three months ago? There was a researcher at Johns Hopkins who ran a simulation and they happened to use coronavirus and the simulation showed that it would kill 65 million people. Mm. And Bill Gates was behind that, right? Yeah, Bill Gates was one of the backers of his studies and it was a collaboration with the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation just the type of people you think will be interested in viral pandemics. Yeah. <laughs> but at any rate, they were behind it. So people are always talking about, oh, that's the same thing that happens with false flag attacks. They always do some kind of simulation beforehand, and then it happens for real. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if Bill and Melinda Gates were behind it, they would already have a vaccine. <laughs> well, I think that that's probably one of the things we have to wait for. Uh, yeah, they're gonna try and come out with the vaccine. There, I think I've read some other reports of them um, thinking of using the Ebola vaccine that's still in trial and try to use it on coronavirus victims what? or <laughs> people who don't want to be coronavirus victims. We'll have to see. I don't know. I think there's so... Can you do that, though? Can you just take any random vaccine and say, oh, try this one? Hey, maybe it, this will it's work. a virus. <laughs> it's a virus. They're all alike. Maybe they try the tetanus vaccine. Tell bacteria vaccine. it's a virus. <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, the measles, the measles vaccine will work against it. Well, it's we all the same, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you get a vaccine? <laughs> well, another thing that's interesting about the coronavirus is the social ramifications, like actually putting people into quarantine, uh, going around door to door. I mean, that's strange. That's different. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Is this yeah, a practice around this? Is the biggest quarantine that's ever happened on the planet yeah as far as we know yeah yeah so that's one thing that separates this scare from the other scares i mean there's been some other like uh 
quarantine, like with Ebola, like trying to avoid certain people and building special facilities where you can treat them. But this is, I don't think we've ever seen this level of quarantine before. Probably that has a lot to do with the fact that it's China and mm-hmm. that they're yeah. able to kind of mobilize and get shit done quickly. Like their response has been like a lot of people, you know, are a lot of journalists are giving them flack and stuff and saying, oh, you know, they didn't respond quickly enough and blah, blah, blah. I don't think if this was spreading in North America, you would mm-hmm. not see this level of, you know, control, I think, anyway. Yeah, like, don't forget that China is a communist country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, building a hospital in like a week, like that's yeah, that's pretty, yeah, pretty but impressive. The communist countries, they have the the real uh, foot ahead as far as like social crackdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And being able and actually having people go along with it and support the system. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see how far this goes. But I stand by my my prophecy that if this does grow into something big, it will probably be under the guise of a, uh, it'll probably be a vaccine-caused epidemic, not a regular wild well, epidemic we'll or pandemic. We'll see. Well, what can you do about it? If you do get coronavirus, what can you do about it? There's there's a a study now. It's a trial being done. I think it's actually in China, if I'm not mistaken. They're using like uh, mega doses of intravenous vitamin C. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. To, and I'm pretty sure that there was like a couple of confirmed cases which show that actually it, it worked. Yeah. There's a couple of different antiviral kind of like uh, concoctions and stuff that they're giving. But I, I mean, I could be wrong about the vitamin C. Do, do, no, it's true. Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. 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 So they have they have killed it. Yeah, they've uh, they've they've done a like it's it was like a small trial or something like that. Not very many people, but um, yeah, found that it was uh, effective against it. I don't know if it cured it outright, but it was basically like took people from you know dying of it to um, recovering. Mm. Um, but yeah, vitamin C. I mean, even the um, what are they called the um, I can't remember. Like so, a functional medicine group of com- some kind um, basically put out an article saying like, you know, uh, don't freak out about this. You know, you should protect against this the same way you would the flu. Um, you know, taking your vitamin C regularly, vitamin D as well, um, selenium, zinc, like the same kind of things, the, ki- the kind of things that will, will kind of protect you from any virus should work against this as well. Um, it is a virus. So, mm-hmm. um but yeah, intravenous vitamin C, I'm sure, is is a a very effective uh, means of, of of combating it. So, and in fact, in yeah. uh, in China, they were they were listing off a few um, uh, Chinese medicine herbs and stuff that they were using for it. Now, I, I'm not familiar with any of them because they were all Chinese names. But um, just the fact that um, you know that there is kind of a, a rich history of um, herbal medicine in China, um, and they are um, using it to kind of uh, to help uh, with people who have come down with coronavirus. And India is using homeopathy as well, which they're taking flag for, of course. <laughs> well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. We will, just like with all the others. 
Okay, so unless there's anything that anybody wants to add to the coronavirus or COVID-19, we will wrap up this show for this week, and we will see you guys next time with another show. So be safe, wash your hands, don't sneeze on anybody if you can help it. (laughs) Oh, and if you like this video, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and leave a comment, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. See you next time. Bye-bye.